This is CliffCentral.com. What does it mean to be a man? If you ask a hundred different people, you're likely to get a hundred different answers. Listen to our thoughts on what it means to be truly masculine. Welcome back to Man to Man Talks, uh, podcast number six. I'm, I'm in the studio with uh, my partner and very good friend, Khalil Osiris. So you're speaking with Craig Wilkinson. Carling Black Label is a proud sponsor of Man to Man Talks. Join us in standing up and saying no to woman abuse because enough is enough. Champions take action. And uh, today we're going to talk, it's the final in this, in this first initial series, we're going to talk around what it means to be truly masculine. What are the qualities of, of a true man? Wow. Um, clearly that's a sorely needed topic to, uh, to go over and to really kind of unpack uh, as men. It's because we start from such deep distortions right. about right. our own masculinity, as we've said in uh, some of the earlier uh, podcasts, and we uh, have this woundedness that oftentimes, even as, as elder men, uh, goes unacknowledged right. um, and certainly unhealed. So uh, it's only fitting that our last uh, podcast in this series looks at qualities of true masculinity. Absolutely, because as you said, there's such a lot of distorted images about. I think if you ask a hundred people what it means to a man, be a man, you'll probably get a hundred different answers. Easily, a lot of confusion, a lot of, and a media portrays men in a very different light too, doesn't it? A, a wide range. You've got everything from the macho, you know, lone ranger type guy to the to the totally metrosexual, feminine kind of guy that's very yes. deeply in touch and you know moisturizes yes. and everything in between. Everything. And, and in so, between. so what is what does it mean to be a real man? Yes. Well, I mean, I, I think one of the starting points, um, oftentimes when we say masculinity, we, the, one of the first things that comes to mind for most young boys is strength and, and, and right, power. Right, right, right. So, uh, and, and, and oftentimes strength is used interchangeably with power. They're synonymous. Right. right. And so uh, I, for me, the first point in terms of talking about the qualities of true masculinity is when we use our strength well. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do we do with the strength that we have? Uh, yes. It's interesting, you know, I, I think we need to go back to this point is that with, with the abuse of masculine strength, which has been so prevalent in the world, we talked about the book Cosby's and the Weinsteins, etc. There's been such a backlash, uh, against masculinity. So often you would talk about t- true men or real men and people get annoyed with you. You know, a lot of oh, people yes. say You're they t- get angry. T- yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's, because the, the distortion of it. Yes is so ubiquitous. Right. It's it's so absolutely kind of powerful as right. the stereotypical image that even men grapple with talking about masculinity. Right, right. It's hard to stand up and say, I love being a man, a yes. strong man, because you're going to get lambasted. You're going to get criticized. You're going to say, well, men are bad. Men are trash. Men, men behave badly. Men cause so much damage. They cause war and rape and pillage. But I think it's so important for us to start from the point that true masculinity is a beautiful, powerful, wonderful gift to humanity, to ourselves, to the loved one in our lives, to the world at large. Yes. And coming from that standpoint, we can say, well, true masculinity is not about the abuse of power. It's not about alpha male. It's not about macho. That is not true masculinity. True masculinity, as you said, starts with we have strength. Yes. How do we use our strength? What do we do with that strength? And it's given to us to serve. 100%. if we understand that this is number one, a gift, right? When someone has a, a, a the whole notion of a gift is it involves sharing. It 
and serving. So as a man, (coughs) and talking about uh, the qualities of true masculinity, I must be made aware. I must develop an understanding that's grounded in the fact that my strength, my power as a man in the context of my masculinity is here for me to serve. 100%. I mean, th- this issue of power, I think, is, so, is something that worth, worth unpacking a little bit. Power has been misused throughout the centuries, hasn't it? Power, political power, is, be- is given to the politician to serve his or her constituents. Economic power is given to someone or earned by someone to use to serve their loved one and to serve legacy. Uh, business power, you know, power within regards to being a CEO. What is that power for? It's there to serve your constituents, to serve your stakeholders, to serve your customers, to serve your staff. And so often when we have a wounded man, that power is misused. Yes. It's not used or it's misused. Yes. And so the key point, the key starting point for masculinity is so I've got power, whatever it might be. You know, every man has power and it's got not, nothing to do with your biceps, the size of your biceps or the size of your bank account. It's got to do with the fact that you have strength, you have power, you have influence. If it's just in your family, if it's just in your, if you're a janitor and your power is the, the domain over which you, you, you reign, you have power. What are you doing with that power? That's the key. Yes. And are you using it to serve others? Absolutely. I, I love the, the expression to love, serve, and protect. Absolutely. Love, serve, protect. I mean, that's, that's primarily what our strength is there to do. And when we don't do that. Oh, things can go, things, typically go tip, tip, horribly wrong. Horribly wrong. So masculine strength well used is a tremendous gift. Masculine strength incorrectly used or not used is a dreadful curse. Precisely, and 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 I, and I think that also leads us to the second uh, quality that we have focused on uh, in our conversations and right. and in our work, and that is take responsibility. Hundred percent. That that quality of taking responsibility is truly manly, isn't it? Uh, you know, my son. I remember when he was at hostel for one year. I was traveling a lot, so he and I was a single dad, and he spent uh, he spent that year uh, at, a, at a weekly as a weekly boarder. And the things that they used to get up to in hospital. I mean, I, I remember dropping him off uh, at this hospital. You <laughs> uh, must have been 13. And, you know, you could just almost smell the testosterone. Yes. You, I mean, the competitiveness. <laughs> and the, But there was an incident which was a very amusing one, but quite a telling one, in which one of Luke's friends, my son's friends, came to him, and he had a whole bunch of firecrackers. And they were in grade, uh, I think they were in grade 9 at the time. And the grade 12s were about to write their final matric exams. And this friend of my son Luke's was very naughty bugger. I mean, he really, and he came and he had this whole string of, you know, the ones you light and they, yeah, and they go off sequentially. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> and he said, look, come, come, let's go and, let's go and let these off in the, in the matrix, uh, <laughs> in the middle of the night, two o'clock in the morning. And so reluctantly he agreed. And, and a couple of them, I think three or four of them went <laughs> and they lit these things and they threw them into the dorm and they ran back to their beds and pretended to be sleeping. And I mean, these matrix were <laughs> 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 like World War Three. But uh, typically the next day the headmaster calls assembly and he says, uh, right, guys. And they'd agreed not, no one would tell on anybody. And they said, uh, you know, who did this? And uh, this, my, my son Luke and his friend actually got up and they said, you know, it was us. They, they knew that the, wow, the punishment yeah. was going to be. But it's about I've done wrong. Let, let me let me take the, the knock on the chin, or you know, I've, I've I mean, take it. To, I've had a child. No matter what it takes, no matter what it takes, I had the child. I brought them in the world. I'm going to make sure that they're provided for. Uh, what, it's taking responsibility. Craig, there's there's nothing that's been just as a core principle more transformational in my life uh, than this ideal of taking responsibility. Um, you know, I went as you know, I went to prison. Uh, the first time I was 17 years old. 
and uh, served five years. And I, and I must tell you that during that incarceration, um, I felt that it was so unfair. I, I, I honestly felt that I didn't deserve to be there, right. that um, so many other options could have been made available to me that, that weren't. And so my whole time, I, I basically blamed everyone else right. for the fact that I was there. And look, I understand the, the, the social inequality and the cycle of inequality and systemic injustice and all of those kinds of things. And I, I understand the, the broader context um, in which my behavior was interpreted uh, within America's criminal justice system and how I got there. But the part where I had power, I actually never exercised during that first five years. And so when I got out, not having taken responsibility for any aspect of my being there, I went back to not just the behavior I had perpetrated before I went the first time, but worse behavior. I mean, it matriculated. Right. And so within three years, I was rearrested and on my way back to prison at 25 years old. And this time the judge looked at me. He says, you know, young man, I've spent two days uh, trying to determine what kind of sentence to give you that would be uh, that would 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 be comparable or uh, certainly be warranted given the kind of uh, offense you've committed. And he says, uh, so I'm sentencing you to uh, 15 to 75 years, which is called an indeterminate sentence in America. And he says, what's what for me and speaking as a judge, he said, you could have been here today as a lawyer representing uh, a client. Right. You could have been here as the prosecutor representing the citizens of our great state. He said, you even have the talent, the, the intellectual talent to be in a referee position similar to my own as a judge. He says, but today you chose to be here wow. as a criminal defendant. Wow. And he said, my only regret is I cannot give you more time. Now, my lawyer jumped up and, you know, had a very good attorney and he was outraged and said, we have great grounds for appeal. But here's what I'm going to say. Taking the systemic issues and setting them to the side for a moment and asking myself, where do I have power Mm -hmm. in this scenario? What I recognized is I wasn't going back to prison because I had been in the Black Panther Party. Right. I wasn't going back to prison because I had made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I was going back to prison because of my choices. Right. I, and my choices it was the way that I exercised the misuse of mm-hmm. my power. Because here's the thing. I had two sons by then. I had the son who, who I had as a teenager mm-hmm. who had for the past five years had been without me. And during my release from prison, I had another son. So now I have a newborn son. Right. And both of them are are now going to have to grow up for many years with, without hmm. me. And the judge was very clear. He says, the likelihood is, young man, because you've decided to be a criminal, you will probably die in prison. Hmm. He said, but there is a remote possibility that should you change, something miraculous happen and you turn your life around, then there is the remote possibility that you could get out in the next 15 years. I set myself on a course at that moment. I'm not going to die in prison. So that was a turning point. It was, but it had to do fundamentally with what I'm saying about taking responsibility. Right. Right. I, I was not excusing. I was not 
in any way, shape, or form denying broader social I'm dynamics, social yeah. factors. There, there were reasons. There, there, were, there were mitigating circumstances. All of that, where I had the greatest power in that particular moment, right. what helped me to change the right. course and trajectory for the rest of my life right. was the act of taking responsibility for the choice that I made yeah. in that situation. It's so powerful, Khalil. We, I mean, we, the only thing we have 100% control over is our own minds and thoughts and our own actions and bodies. That's the only thing. And, the, you know, when we, when we blame, we give up the power to change. In fact, in fact, we disempower ourselves completely. Yes. You become a victim as opposed to a victor. And this is so crucial to manhood. It is, it is, it is at the very heart of manhood. You, if you are not prepared as a man talking about qualities of true masculinity to stand up and take account hold yourself responsible and accountable for the circumstances of your life no you didn't create them granted you were born into a society where things were fixed a certain way but given what you were given and all the options available to you it starts with the choices you make about not what has happened to you but how you respond to it. Absolutely. You cannot change what happened, but you can change how you respond to it. If we look at this in the context of uh, men behaving badly towards women, sexual harassment, gender-based violence, you get a lot of men who say it was justified. She yes. was dressed in a certain way. She provoked me. She, you know, the, the, whole, the, the, the whole thing of she made me do it. Now, isn't that just, as you say, an idiotic statement? She made me do it. No, no true man. No true man can ever say he or she made me do it. I did it in response to, yes, it might have been a dramatic stimulation. It might have been a a provocation that was very, very extreme. But the bottom line is I chose to respond to that provocation in the way I did, and it was wrong. Completely. And that's why we say no excuses. No excuses. There's there's no no excuses. We we are not – look, this series that we're doing is all about – how we take ownership for our lives right. as men. That, that's true power, isn't it, Khalil? It, that's true the, power. It's the ultimate power as, as men. Look, and I'm the first to say, because I, I, I talk about this. I mean, my daughter, Lasejo, she is, she's one of the people who has been really one of the main proponents of hashtag men are trash. And she's very, very clear. Her, the young girls her in her generation, look, they go out to a party. They go out to, uh, to, to just have fun. They've got to, they've got to actually weigh where they go, what time they go. I mean, they've got to be so careful that even the, the vehicle that they get, even the car that they right. get, even the taxi driver, who's oftentimes a male, and the, the Uber driver, as much as we like Uber as an alternative. Yeah. I mean, in America, there's been a number of there's a class action lawsuit that's being filed against Uber because they have been handling cases of of abuse and 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 in some cases rape and doing non-disclosure uh, NDAs, the same kind of de- agreement that, that that Trump signed with Stormy Daniels um, to, to not disclose that this is happening. So I'm saying it's time for us as men to stop covering up. Absolutely. And taking responsibility means that when I see Harvey Weinstein, Mm -hmm. though I'm an African-American man, when I see Harvey Weinstein, guess what? I'm not going to get angry when women say hashtag men are trash. I'm not going to get angry when I see really radicalized women 
feminist, womanist saying hashtag times up or hashtag me too. I'm not going to get angry about that. What I'm going to do is be an example right. of what the qualities of true masculinity are. Wonderful. Which, which really leads us to the next what? The next characteristic of true masculinity, and that is be dangerous or stand for something. Stand for something. Every man, the opposite of masculinity is passivity, not, yes. not femininity. And every man needs to stand for something. If you scratch beneath the surface of you or me or any man, what, what, what boils our blood? What drives us? What, what is that thing that we, we, that's worth dying for? Yes. And this issue of being dangerous, every man wants to be dangerous. You know, some, one, <laughs> exactly. I heard someone say the other guy, you know, the, one of the problems of getting older is that no one's scared of you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as men, we like we like other men to fear us because yes. we like to be powerful. Yes. But of course, not everyone has that kind of capacity. Right. But the point is this: is that every man needs to be dangerous, yes. but never, ever, ever to women or to children or to each other as brothers exactly. or to society. But we need to be dangerous to whatever threatens that. Racism should fear true masculinity. Uh, sexism should fear masculinity. Absolutely. Abuse, any form should fear true masculinity because masculinity is dangerous. It stands up for what's right and it fights against what's wrong. It's so amazing that you say that, uh, Craig. You know, one of my um, intellectual mentors uh, is a guy by the name of Viktor Frankl. Uh, he wrote this amazing book called Man's Search for Meaning. And, and one of the things that he talks about is that there are three fundamental wills that drive humanity. One is the will to pleasure, and that was uh, brilliantly articulated by Sigmund Freud. Uh, the other, the second, is a will to power, which was um, insightfully uh, explained by Alfred Adler. But then he says in, in his seminal work that the third will is a will to meaning. And if you think about this, as men, when we say stand for something, it has to do with what is the meaning of our lives? What is the purpose of our masculinity? How will it be used? And this idea of a will to meaning, once that is engaged, right. then the idea of pleasure and power is put in its proper place. Right. And we recognize that we should never allow ourselves to get to a place where we're singularly driven by pleasure. We know what that leads to. That's this whole idea of the sex, power, money, and big boys don't cry. Or simply power, where all of our lives we're looking at what's the best title, the highest title right. I can get, what can I, what train, how many trinkets do I own. Right, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The will to meaning puts true masculinity, authentic masculinity, in its proper context. 100%. If there's a why, you can put up with almost any Certainly. how. Certainly. If there's a why, it's it's finding a why. The same guy, Victor Frankl, he talked about the th how we become the way we are, and he talked about the three things. Remember this? He said oh, yes. he said there's the genetic determinism. Yes. He said there's environmental determinism, and he said there's also a determinism which is is your circumstances. But he said all of those have the word determinism, which yes. means something other than me determined how I turn out. Yes. And he rebelled against that, and he yes. said there's a fourth thing, and that is choice. He said the power of choice supersedes and overrides your genes, your upbringing, your environment, anything that you've been through, any systemic thing. The power of your choice overrides that. And for a man to have that meaning and that purpose and that why, he can make the right choices because he knows why he's there. That, see, that's a brilliant example of the qualities of true masculinity. Right.
And right. and and we're not saying this doesn't uh, some of this doesn't apply to women. Of course it does because we're talking about the human condition. 100%. But when we when we're when we're in this particular conversation, we're looking deeply at men. Yes. And how do we begin to change the dynamics globally? Right. For how horribly men have been behaving and how abusive we have been with our power as men. And Khalil, this is so exciting. I mean, these qualities of a man. If used well, we would change the world. If every man used his strength well, overnight, we would not need a police force. We would not need an army. We would not need social services. Why? Because men would be the custodians of society that they were designed to be. That is so – look, look. You know, we talk about uh, how um, we are game – how we're actually looking at – looking forward to going into prison together. Right. And – Literally going among the so-called worst of the worst mm-hmm. at the very bottom of life and speaking life wow. into these men who have so violently abused their power, their masculine power as men. And that, that, that I mean, that is one of my absolute highest goals. Yeah. Well, I remember the first time we really engaged over this discussion. We said, and you talked about your gladiator training. Yes. You talked about how the first time you were in prison, how absolutely vicious and animalistic it was. And I remember it dawned on both of us. We said, you know, if we could do these two things, if we could heal and harness the strength and power of men for good, we would change the world overnight. And that is so exciting because we have the power to make a beautiful world. It's amazing. But we also have the power to destroy the world. And unfortunately, all too often – um, we're singularly known for what we've done to destroy rather than Very to heal a, and build. And you've got to raise that other point that says all it takes for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. Yes. You have, you have a few men that are violent and destructive, and it's a, it's, it's a small percentage, but you have a large number of men who are, are complicit in their silence. We just sit back. We don't. And I think it's often because we don't think we have what it takes to be dangerous. Yes. But, you know, we've got to say to every man listening to this, you have what it takes to be dangerous. You have what it takes to change the world. You have what it takes to have dominion over the bad that surrounds you in your community. And if you do that and take the power and use the strength, you'll change the world. And it is our responsibility Absolutely. to do it. Anytime that we're in the company of other men who are misusing and abusing the power of masculinity to the detriment of women, children, and our society – we have a responsibility speak up. to speak up, stand up, to stand up, and to address it directly with other men. And this is not something I'm not waiting on any woman to tell men how horribly they're mm. behaving. Right. I want to be on the front line. We're talking about how we have to get on the front line as men, right? And be the ones who say, "Look, I'm not judging you in." Uh, saying this. I'm saying that I've behaved horribly and abusively myself. I'm the first to say that I've done these things. But let me tell you the other side of the story. The rest of the story is that I've decided to turn it around. I'm now looking at myself in the mirror and I'm saying that I'm the one who's got to make the change. And I've got to hold other men accountable Mm. that I deal with on a daily basis and understand that, you know what, that's the work that God's put me here to do. And if we did it, what a world we'd live in. What a world we'd live in. We would change it overnight. So the answer is within our hands. It's within our power. Yes. And that, that's why often we see women cannot change this. Men have to change it. Women yes. are great at creating awareness, but men have to change the way men behave. And we can. 
Khalil, this this last uh, point that we've we we talk about you know true manhood is this issue of authenticity. Yes, and it's such an interesting one. It, it goes to both things. It goes to stop posing, stop playing the man because you don't have to play the man. But it also goes to being vulnerable. Yes, being real. I'm hurting. Let me say I'm hurting. Let me say I'm hurting. Let me be real about that. You know, uh, Craig, for me, uh, for a number of years, uh, being in some of the most extreme in environments and situations, one of the things that I learned along the way um, is that my definition of healing uh, at this point in my life is anytime you share your story, you share your truth in the presence of love, healing occurs. Right. And for many men, it's going to require an acceptance of, of, of being vulnerable, that, that it's okay. Because when you can embrace that as a quality that does not diminish your masculinity and you can and you share your story and there are other men around, elder men around or even younger men who have learned the power of love, that that all of their power is rooted in love. When you share your story in the presence of that kind of dynamic, when with that kind of concern for your well-being healing will organically begin to unfold. And so this issue you bring up around vulnerability, uh, especially for, uh, for, for those of us uh, as men who have been socialized to see that as something that's uh, actually almost feminine. I mean, uh, it's, it's, in some ways, it's the least masculine thing that we can think of doing, when in truth, um, it further evidences. It takes real courage and real strength. I remember a story. I was on holiday once down at the coast, and uh, we we a couple of couples we met, and I met this guy, and he was quite a uh, he was quite a macho guy, quite a sports guy, and we decided to go for a run together. Yes. So we we got up the next morning, we start running, and um, you know after a while, I, I felt the pace was quite extreme. It was yes. quite you know, but I, I I kept it up, you know, and and uh, <laughs> we kept going for a while, and I mean I was at a point where this was just a bit heavy, man, and. Eventually, I said, I mean, "God, this is a bit." And he said, "I'm so glad you said that because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's way it's way too fast for me too." I mean, we were pushing, you know, you know, we were pushing, pushing, pumping, pumping. But both of us were dying, but we just didn't uh, <laughs> we, we didn't want to be vulnerable and say, "Man, you're going too fast for me." Because I mean, how how can you say that to another guy? No, you, you, you're you too fast for me. Look, I mean, because our whole lives are are kind of defined by this. Um, this this struggle, this tremendous struggle around the hierarchical aspects and the ranking of masculinity. Right. I mean, I I think of the great um, uh, fight between Muhammad Ali and and George what, Foreman. No, no, the oh. one with oh yeah, the George Foreman, yeah. but one he had first with with Smoking Joe Frazier. And I mean, these guys, it's a fifteenth <laughs> round. Gladiators. They weren't. I mean, they weren't going to no go down. About the fifteenth yeah. round. Look, it, it comes to the fifteenth round and. Joe Frazier cannot answer the bell. Right. The, his corner, despite him getting off the stool, his corner threw the, the white towel and saying, no, man, this is it. You're going to die in here. So they and had to be vulnerable for him. He couldn't it, do it. They, he, couldn't, he could not bring himself to do it. Right. And then later, Muhammad Ali gets into the fight with George Foreman, and he says the reason that he believed he won that fight mm-hmm. is because he just knew that the only way they were going to take him out of that ring was either a victor or on his back, right. dead. Right. Now, to actually put yourself in a situation 
where it's that extreme. It's on one hand, it's exemplary. It's an incredible story. But on the other hand, the average guy, come on, man, let's be real. It's destructive. It's completely destructive, and it leads to the most horrific consequences. So we've got to give ourselves room to breathe, right. to say that it's okay yeah. to be vulnerable. Right. And most importantly, to recognize that that's what it means to be authentic. Well, the courage it takes to be vulnerable. Let's be honest. I mean, it, it's not easy to share, brother, I'm struggling. Yes. That, it, it's so hard. It's much, much easier just oh, to put man. up a front and, a, and, be, and act the man, isn't it? Wow. So, so, so vulnerability is tremendous so strength. True, tremendous strength. I, I think when we, as we come to a close of this series, there are a couple of messages we need to really give men. And the first one is to, we need to look in the mirror. We need yes. to, we need to be real and honest with ourselves and we need to love ourselves. We need to give ourselves some, cut ourselves some slack. We're not Superman and we don't have to be Superman. Ever. 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 We don't have to be. And, and, and I would say the second thing, uh, uh, Craig is that, we want our listeners to know, particularly the men, it's time for us to make time to examine our own beliefs about what masculinity is and what right. it means. And what it isn't. And completely be, be completely clear what it isn't. It's not about money. It's not about power. It's, it's not, not about, about how, the woman. sex and all of those kinds no. of trinkets and no. other kinds of distractions. It's about using your strength well, primarily. Yeah, and I mean, if you if you think of it that way, um, and we check our beliefs specifically at our, our perspectives about women, yeah. then we begin to see that looking in the mirror means something more than simply looking at how you how you appear. It means going a little bit deeper right. than that, beyond the surface, beyond the surface. So I, you know, these are these are things that I mean, obviously we can go on and on and right. on, but these are some critical factors that we need to engage in order to begin to think about what it means to be authentic men Absolutely. and have authentic masculinity and what the qualities of true masculinity 100%. look like. 100%. You know, I'd, I'd like to end for my final note, and you, you'd probably have one or two yourselves, in that we need to be, as men, mentors, excellent fathers, role models, and mentors. The world needs mentors. It needs men. It needs fathers. There's just there's not enough of them. There's a story from my life with my daughter was uh, we, we moved cities when my daughter was about uh, seven years old. We left Johannesburg and went to live in Nysda. It's a beautiful coastal town. And my family left two weeks prior to me leaving. I still had to, to wrap up some business. And one week into them being in Nysda and I was still in Johannesburg, I was on the phone to my family and I was on the phone to my daughter. And uh, her name's Blythe. And I said to her, Blythe, isn't it beautiful living by the sea? Yeah. And her words to me, Khalil, were so powerful and profound. She said to me, she said these exact words, which were strange words. She said, if this was my life, I would scream. Wow. And I said, I, I was alarmed. I thought, what, what's happening? Yeah. I said, Blythe, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she said these words. She said, because you're not here, Daddy. Oh, man. It, I, it, it, I mean, really. it blew me away. It made me realize that her, her life without me, no matter where it was, no matter how beautiful it was, no matter how materially wonderful and scenically fantastic it was, without me, it was less than she would scream. And so us as men, we need it. We need it in the world. We need it in our families. We need it in our homes and businesses. And, and we need to take that responsibility and be that man that the world needs us to be. Just think how that would have changed the outcome of your friend who recently committed suicide. 100%. If he would have had hmm. that understanding 
of true masculinity. Of how much he matters. Of how much he, he personally, right. as a man, as a father, as a friend, as a brother, right. how much he mattered and how much his presence in the world is what the world needs. Absolutely. It's, that's the work, Craig. We need it. Yeah. As men, we're needed. We're important. And we need to understand that we've been wounded. Yes. But there's no excuse. No but excuse. we now, as men, as men, we need to ask ourselves, is it in any given situation, is it the wounded boy that's speaking, talking, acting out? Or is it the mature, strong man that I'm bringing to the world? I'm, I'm committed to us doing this work together. And, and the men, particularly the men listening um, to us in this podcast, we're calling you out. Absolutely. We wel- in, in, not in a judgmental way. We're saying we welcome mm. your participation in this movement. As a band of brothers building a beautiful world. Completely. Thanks so much, Craig. It's been a joy. It's been an absolute joy, Khalil. Till next time. In a country where one in two women are victims of abuse, it's important that we take the time to discuss a way forward, man to man. Carling Black Label is a proud sponsor of Man to Man Talks with myself, Craig Wilkinson, and Khalil Osiris. Drink responsibly, not for sale to persons under the age of 18. This is CliffCentral.com.